Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. I really get to explore the studio space here when I'm in Jackson down here in Studio X with Rhino. He's sitting right over there. He's head bobbing. He's having a good time. It's good to be guys with you guys here on dare I say it, game week. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for joining me here. As you sit here listening to the the, the sound of my voice, we are just days away from kickoff at at Davis-Wade Stadium and the start of the 2022 football season for Mississippi State. A great day in America for this country. The start of the college, the real start of the college football season, 14 SEC games. This is the only day of the year 14 SEC games are being played. 14 SEC teams. I take that back. I've already, I've already messed up. I'm so excited <laughs> for college football. But there's 12 games. Two games will have already been played. And those coming tomorrow night, Thursday night, uh, Tennessee at, and Ball State, uh, Louisiana Tech and Mizzou. Upset alert? We'll see. Uh, and then 12 games today. So this is the only weekend, I should say, that all 14 teams will be in action. Starting next weekend, you'll have some bye weeks here and there. Uh, Vanderbilt's on the bye next week because they've uh, they had the Week 0 game. The number one team in the nation, by the way, Vanderbilt Commodores. Unstoppable. Offense, defense, they're the total package. Looking forward to seeing them in the college uh, football playoff. We'll talk some serious football now <laughs> as Mississippi State gets ready to play uh, – Memphis in what is a no doubt a revenge game. I, I I don't know if it's more revenge for the fans or more revenge for the team. We heard from Mike Leach on Tuesday's Sports Talk Mississippi, uh, and he talked about you know he's not a big bulletin board guy. He's not much for you know if you gotta how did he put it you know if you if I've, I've got to if I've got to you know help you get motivated by showing you something somebody else said or did, you're probably not the right guy for the job. I tend to agree with that. I think that makes a lot of sense as a football coach. You know, the motivation should be you're playing in front of forty, fifty thousand people. Uh, you know, you want to look good out there. You don't want to. You don't want to you know, look like you're holding the bag. So, Mississippi State is a, a, a as as we're recording this or as we're, we're talking here with you guys tonight. I think is a fifteen and a half point favorite in that game. So. Uh, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, by the way, right now for uh, the college football, I, I, I highly recommend Bill Connolly uh, from ESPN. He runs a, a a statistical model, an analytical model called the S and P Plus. I don't know what the S and P stand for, and at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. But I know that his 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 models tend to be pretty accurate. Uh, they hit over all the time. There's a lot of math involved in there. He's got state not covering that spread. He's got state winning 35-20. So state winning. Winning relatively comfortably, but that feels like a margin of victory to me, anyway. That Mississippi State fans would, would might might cross their eyes at a little bit, go like, "What happened there?" Expected it to be a little bit more. I would caution you 
to say that you probably said the same thing last year before Mississippi State lost that game up in Memphis. You know, but at the same time, I get where you're coming from. I definitely get where you're coming from there. I think that you know to say that they only won by two touchdowns might be a little disappointing. Uh, my own prediction, which I will give at the end of this uh, the show tonight, is a little is a little bigger, and I think that's because. And I, and I said, I don't know what Bill's analytics are. I don't know what numbers he's plugging in there. But my guess is that there is something taken into account for you know losing Makai Polk. Is that's, I mean, that's a thousand-yard chunk right out of your offense, right off the top. And he's not there anymore. So that'll go again against returning production. And like I said, I don't know everything that's involved. But, you you know, want a from, really wordy definition for SP+. Plus? Give it to me. SP plus ratings are tempo and opponent adjusted measures of college football efficiency based on play by play and drive data designed to be predictive and forward facing. Whatever just happened to the eye test? <laughs> Whatever just happened to watching the games? Like I said, Bill's models are pretty pretty accurate historically. That's what you want out of math, right? You want it to be. It may not be right week to week. It's what it is historically that 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 you're concerned with. The eye test. Which is what old Brian Haydad loves to go with. If Mike Bonner's listening, my buddy from the uh, from formerly from the Clarion Ledger, he knows exactly what we're talking about. We used to debate this to, to no end. I look at a team and I'm like, all right, what do they look like when they play actual games? <laughs> Not what my statistical models come up with. And from a just from an eye test standpoint, Mississippi State should win this game pretty easily because they're the more talented team. If it was a, what's the you know, we'll, we'll do the, the two questions on Friday, Sports Talk Mississippi, and people will ask, you know, why do you think Mississippi State should win? Guys, they're just better up and down the lineup. Mem- Memphis, I don't know Memphis's depth chart. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't quote it to you. But I'll tell you right now, I doubt they have a single player that would start for Mississippi State. Not one. And not that Mississippi State is Alabama or LSU or, or in their prime or Georgia. Not loaded with five-star talent. But they've got they're better at every position than Memphis is. Maybe last year, you know, with Calvin Austin, who Mississippi State fans will remember, he's the guy who scooped up the punt. Maybe that's a little different. He could have played for Mississippi State. He, he would have been a, a good player in the air raid system. I don't have any doubt about that. Good player. But other than that, the state's just better. And if they play clean and they, they don't allow Memphis to hang around, and we're going to get to some keys to victory a little later in the show. And these will be amongst them. But if Mississippi State plays the game it's capable of playing, it almost doesn't matter what Memphis does. This is one of those games, and we talk about it a lot. I know we've talked about it on Sports Talk, where State plays a, if State plays an A game, even a B-plus game, to be totally honest, it doesn't matter what Memphis does. They can play A-plus, 10 out of 10, 100 out of 100. They're going to lose. They're probably going to lose by a comfortable margin. They're just not as good as Mississippi State. Now, maybe that sounds like overconfidence. Good thing I'm not on the field. <laughs> people, people love to get me all the time, like, oh, you're so confident. What does that matter? It doesn't matter what I think. Just up here talking. I'm just, I, I get paid to talk into the can. Ten whole dollar. Uh, <laughs> anytime I can make an Oh Brother or Art Thou reference, I will make it every time I can. Um, but Mississippi State, there's a reason they're, they're a 15-point favorite. And you remember this game last year, guys? State, I think, by the time we got the kickoff, I think State would have been a pick People knew last year that State had some issues. The guys in the desert are telling you they fixed those issues this year. They feel like they fixed those issues. 
Now, I don't know that it's going to be the best home atmosphere. Although I think it'll be a good crowd. I think it might even surprise some MSU fans who think it's not going to be the biggest crowd in the world. I think they'll be pushing close to 50,000 for this one. You've got good weather, good time, 6.30 kick. They've done a good job of selling the least desirable seats in the stadium uh, with the balconies over on the west side, and they did the uh, the first Saturday in Stark Vegas package on the, on the east side. I know they sold a ton of those packages, so those are seats you normally wouldn't have. Memphis hasn't been to Starkville since 2010, so I think maybe they'll bring up some, some, some fans down because it's an easy trip and you get to go to an SEC stadium. You get to eat at Two Brothers Barbecue. I would always recommend that. Um, so I, I think you could, and I think, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of you guys are, you're putting on. I think a lot of them are like, okay, uh, you know, Leach has got to prove it to me. And, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't know about this air raid, you know, run the football. Yeah. And then on Saturday, you're going to slip that maroon polo on and grab your cowbell and go out the door and come to the game. I know you guys, I know, I know what's going on inside your brains. So. I'm just I'm just telling you now. I think again, not a sellout. It's not going to be like the Auburn game in 2014 or anything. But I think there'll be a decent crowd, so a good atmosphere. And I think MSU is is chomping at the bit. The way that last season finished, I think Will Rogers and company are ready to get back on the field and start writing a new a new chapter and, and put what happened there in the Egg Bowl, what happened in the Liberty Bowl behind them. And if they can do that, you know, then they're off and running uh, in 20, 2022. It's the first week of the college football season, guys. If you can't be excited, if you're still, I don't know, I can't help you. And this is coming from me, the most curmudgeonly guy that you ever met. I built a brand on negativity. It's the reason I'm sitting in this chair. But I'm telling you right now, I'm excited. I'm excited for college football, and I'm excited to see what Mississippi State can do starting in week one. I'm excited to see Will Rogers go out there and throw for 400-plus yards. I'm excited to see... Who catches seven, eight passes and starts the the, the path to breaking Makai Polk's records? I'm excited to see this defense. I'm excited to see Massimo Biscardi draining them from from forty plus. I'm excited for all those things. Now we're Mississippi State fans. That excitement might last all of one quarter. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, we'll all we'll all be there together, if nothing else. So we'll see what happens with Mississippi State. Uh, this Saturday. Very excited. I'm excited, though. And I think you should be, too. But to be excited about this, we got to look back at that. We're going to talk about what happened a year ago in Memphis and how Mississippi State can fix it. Some easy fix problems. Brian Haydad has the solutions. Hopefully Mike Leach is listening to Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Listen up! There is a storm coming! A wise man once said, you should never look back. You should always look forward. I don't know who that was. I just know that he was wise. 
This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad here in Studio X down in Jackson. My man Rhino just across the way from me. You're lucky that plate glass window is here, by the way. Other Earlier, Borky uh, tried to upset me, and I was going to launch myself through it <laughs> and take him out. I think there's actually two panes. He of said glass. there's two. He, his comment was there's two layers, and I said I have at least five layers. At there's least enough mass. Yeah, I, I, it's all. It's, it's it's. I'm cultivating mass. Is what I'm doing. Uh, a year ago, I remember this. I remember previewing this game against Memphis a lot, pretty well. And it's it's. There was a lot of uncertainty surrounding Mississippi State. You know, because think about their first two games. They couldn't have been any more different. Even though State won them both. State had the, the the game against Louisiana Tech where they were down 34-14 and had to come back and find a 20-point comeback at home against a really not good Louisiana Tech team. And you're like, oh, God. you know I, I remember very uh, – a lot of you guys reminded me when I tweeted, I think midway through the third quarter, I was like, that's the final nail in the coffin. And I didn't know State was going to be the undertaker that day and pop out of it. So State wins that game, but everybody, nobody's happy. Nobody's happy that day. We're all just looking around like, I don't know about this team. And then the next week, they, they pretty much dominate a, a, a North Carolina State team that was good. Good team. Had NFL ca- caliber talent. Ended up winning nine games in the, in the regular season. And you know, a game that offensively State wasn't great in that game. They only scored 17 offensive points. They had seven from a kick return. But defensively, they, they really did a great job. And you're like, okay, maybe this team, I don't, I don't know what to make. I don't know what to make of them. And that's fine. And and we said we all sort of said the same thing. We'll get the answers here. If they go up to Memphis and dominate them, we know that everything's okay. And it's sort of famous last words. There was a lot of, but if they win a close one, maybe you got to be worried. It never entered anybody's brain that State was going to go up to Memphis and lose that game. But they did. That's exactly what happened. I love to play this game, and I, I, I talk about this sort of often. I like to play, let's just look at the stats. Let's not look at the score. Let's just look at the stats. Well, I mean, if you're cultivating mass, wouldn't it be an ocular pat-down of the stats? <laughs> you got me. I, I, you got me there. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, team A, we'll just say Team A and Team B here. Team A outgains Team B 468 to 246. The turnovers are even, at one apiece. Time of possession, Team A, 40-33, Team B, 19-27. First downs, 26-12 in favor of Team A. Team B, a team that likes to run the football air, run-dominant team, only 25 carries for 87 yards. Can't really get anything going in the running game. Quarterback for Team B is 16 of 28 for 159 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Quarterback for Team B is 50 for 67. That's a big number, by the way. 419 yards and three touchdowns. Who won the game? Who won the game, Team A or Team B? If you said Team A, you are wrong because that is Mississippi State. Totally dominated the football game. But they made two crucial errors. One was on the first drive of the game where Jaquavius Marks fumbles the football. It gets picked up by Memphis and taken all the way back for a touchdown, and you're down 7-0. That is how upsets are born. That is the seed of an upset. That is when you let a underdog hang around, especially a home underdog, because if you guys remember that game, that Memphis crowd was bloodthirsty. They wanted a piece of Mississippi State bad. And you'd had all the 
the talk all weekend, you know, Memphis had banned the cowbells, which I always thought was kind of like dumb. Like nobody takes their cowbell on the road. Nobody does it. It's it's just not done. But Memphis made a big deal out of it, and it turned into something. It turned into okay, and now so state fans reacted to it, and then the Memphis fans were like, "What did they say?" And then you, now now you've got a crowd that's on the verge of bloodlust. So now you give them a, you give them a, t- a treat. You threw some meat to the lion, and when it was seven to nothing, that crowd was berserk. They're going crazy, and so now you've given the underdog a seven point lead. And you've given them some momentum and some hope, and you've gotten their crowd into it. That is a huge recipe for. I mean, I, I'm not a meteorologist. I don't know what forms a hurricane, but that's how upsets are formed. Those those things right there. That's how you lose to a team like Memphis at home. And then State does what they should do. They they get back in front. And it's 17 to seven at the half, and you're like, okay, they, they've got control. They're going to be all right. And then they don't. They give they give momentum back again. Because they have fourth and goal at the two, and rather than kick a field goal because they didn't trust their kickers, they try to go for it and they don't get it. And now Memphis has even a little—you know—the crowd's excited again. And then you complicate that by you giving up a 12-play, 98-yard touchdown drive. Now we've got—we've basically checked off the bingo card at this point. We—we've got a bingo of how to give up an upset: early turnover for a score. Check. Get the crowd into the game? Check. Uh, momentum changing defensive stand? Check. Soul crushing drive? Check. All that's left is stupid move by the referees. Bingo. And you get that with the punt return. I love Mike Leach's comment today. Categorically did not say that that was the correct call. And he didn't. He did not say that that was the correct call, which it wasn't. I. I don't know that the SEC has ever issued an apology or a retraction or whatever you want to call it faster than what they did after that Memphis game. It was basically as soon as the teams were off the field, they were like, oh, by the way, we totally screwed you today. But State hadn't played well up until that point anyway. And, and you know, they, they get a couple of late scores and they make it interesting. But, you know, but that's it. Think about they lost by two, and they weren't willing to kick a field goal on the two-yard line. I don't know. I, I, math the math tends to tell me that uh, they should have they probably should have done that. State did everything in this game to give the game to Memphis. I I, I hate I'm not you know I, I, I hate to do it, but this is one of those games where you can pretty easily say Mississippi State lost this game. Not that Memphis won it. In reality, State gave 14 points to Memphis through their own mistakes. Can't do that. So what has to happen, you know, what has to change is everything. Everything has to change. The way you approach this game, the way you value the football, you got to get your own crowd into it. Because it, sort of the opposite can happen, but it's they're both bad. You don't want to let the home crowd get into it, and you don't want to let your home crowd not get into it. You don't want them sitting there going, oh, God, here we go again. Like, you can't have that. You, State needs to take the – if I'm Mike Leach, if you win the toss, you're going to take the ball, you're going to score on the first drive. You're going to put together a quality drive, mix in some runs with, some, with, with obviously more passes. Maybe you can get a, a chunk play out of Will Rogers where he hits Wally or somebody in the seam down the field. 
Get that. Score. It's seven to nothing. Get a three and out. Now you're off to the races. Now it's, okay, we should be all right, barring our own stupidity. Or you've at least built up enough steam in the, yeah. the crowd to allow for a mistake or two without right. it being completely deflating. And then you, you get the next drive, and maybe you get a field goal. And now it's 10 nothing, and Memphis is looking around going, okay, we're in trouble. And that's when they're going to press, and they're going to make a mistake. And then you just out-talent them. It's an easy formula. Now, it's easy to say. Is it, it's, it's not as easy to do as we saw a year ago. But if State plays clean, if State is the one who doesn't make mistakes, if State is the team that executes its game plan and gets in the way of Memphis's game plan, they're going to win this football game by a reasonably large margin. It's going to look like you expect a Mississippi State, or you know, I can go a step further with that, it's going to look like you expect an SEC versus an American Athletic Conference team game to look. No worries. In the back. But you do what you did last year? Boy, this show next week could be very interesting for us. We could we could have quite a bit to talk about. Monday's Thunder and Lightning podcast will be a must-listen. I will uh, promise you that. Can't can't do it. Can't have it. Can't live with that. Got to change. Got to change what you did a season ago. The good news is, State's got the players in, in the position to do it. That's the good news. I'm not, I'm not telling them to do something they can't do. They can do it. They don't have any worries about that. we got four keys to victory. We've hit on some of them, but we're going to go into a little bit more detail uh, in just a couple of minutes when we when we get back. And then we'll finish up the show. If you're a longtime Brian Haydad podcast listener, you know about the three Ps, playmaker, preview, playmaker, prediction. We're doing the preview now. We'll have playmakers and predictions uh, when we wrap up the show a little bit later. But four keys to victory when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live on Super Talk. Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, have you ever missed the show? I don't know if you'd miss. I don't know if "miss" is the accurate term. You're like, uh, I didn't hear the show. I didn't miss it though. But if you didn't hear the show and you want to hear it, uh, you can always subscribe to the Thunder and Lightning podcast. And every uh, Wednesday, just moments after this show goes off the air, it's right there on the podcast feed, along with hey, the Thunder and Lightning podcast which is a five-day-a-week job between me and my good friend Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports. We keep you as up-to-date as anybody on Mississippi State Sports, and we don't charge you a penny for it. That's free info. 
All right. Everybody's favorite four-letter word is free. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. Appreciate you guys doing that who have done so so far. Uh, Looking forward to a huge football season with you guys. Uh, Some be some big numbers, big numbers. Looking for. I don't know. I don't know what to do with my hands. I went. I went full uh, Ricky Bobby there. Four keys to victory. I like the number four. I feel like everybody is like you know. Let's go stay even numbers. I'm an even number kind of guy. I was an even number in high school football. Ryan, were you an even number or an odd number? I prefer odd numbers, but I'm not against even numbers. Okay. I was hoping we had some middle ground there, some common ground. I guess not, though. I mean, we uh, got enough common ground being big bearded guys. It's true. It's true. We're also, for the Bulldogs. We're also the best at what we do in, in this whole company. Uh, so I got four of them. One of them, I feel like I've been banging the drum on this for quite a while. I know I was last year, but it's about starting fast. Mississippi State, for whatever reason, is like a 1973 Chevy Blazer in the middle of Detroit in a snowstorm. You got to crank the heck out of that thing to get the to get the engine started. I don't know what it is about Mississippi State offensively. It was look at almost, even their wins last year. The Kentucky game, they were down ten nothing. Uh, the Texas A&M game, they were down seven to three. The Auburn game, we all know, right? 28 to 3. State, for whatever reason, could not get started early. I, I want to say the NC State game is really the only game where they jumped out to a lead because uh, you know, of, a, of a kickoff return. I don't even know what the offense would have done in that situation. This is year three for Mike Leach. This is Will Rogers. Now, Will Rogers is a full, he's a starter. You know, this time last year, I would not have said he he was a full starter, right? He didn't get his 13th start until midway through the season. Now he's been through everything. I expect perfection's a, a harsh word, but I expect the offense to, to click. I expect him to be able to come out and have that, you know, you know that everybody scripts that first series, first 15 plays or whatever it is. I expect them to be good plays for Rodgers to be able to find open receivers and for State to be able to move the football on the first drive. State doesn't need to be behind in this game. They need to start fast. And that's sort of a metaphor for the whole season, isn't it? When you look at this this early schedule, you've got Memphis and Arizona. These are two teams that, you know, a season ago Memphis was 6-6 in a really bad conference. Arizona was 1-11. They're one of their last 17 games is what they've, they've won. And I know they added a bunch of pieces to the transfer portal, and I get that, but... You should beat them. That's for next week, though. We'll talk about that next week. But State wants to start the, the season fast. It starts by starting games fast. You can't continue to fall behind. Playing from behind is a no-win proposition. Basically, whoever you are. Alabama would struggle. You know, it, if you started every game with Alabama, they were down 10-0, they're going to struggle in some games. They're going to lose a couple. There's no question about that. I don't expect, you know, when you throw the ball as much as Mississippi State, you're going to have there's going to be interceptions. Now, Rodgers did a great job last year of managing those. Only nine picks in almost in over 700 attempts. I think he threw 680 attempts. So I don't, I'm not saying that you can't have turnovers in this game. What you can't have is what you had a season ago. You can't have the early turnovers. You've got to be able to keep your momentum throughout the first quarter of the first half. If you have a third quarter interception when you're already up, you know, 24 to 3 or something like that, it, it happens. You have a fumble when you're up, you know, 17, 20 points. It happens. It happens. You're okay. You know, you can't have six, seven turnovers. 
You can't, you can't just be slinging the ball wherever you want to out there. But State has to do a better job of this game, LSU, intercept, or it's a fumble on the first drive, and then an interception. Alabama, I am in no means saying that that game would have been different. But Rodgers threw an interception on the first series. It, it kills whatever buzz you had going. I'm um, trying to remember Auburn, they, they, they didn't have any. Kentucky, they had a big special teams play. So, I mean, that, that's as good as a turnover. Ole Miss, you know, you just can't do it. You got you got it. It goes back to having a fast start. The fast start isn't just about the offense. I would like, you know, and I don't have the breakdown, you know. I, I, I told Borky to get me the stats, and as, as always, he didn't deliver. I so said, but I would love to know, what is the percentage of teams that win, that score on the first drive and follow it up with a three and out? I bet it's, I bet it's statistically significant. I would be willing to bet you that better than 60% win those games. That start the drive, start the game with a touchdown, and then a three and out. That's 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 how you build momentum, and that's how you get teams pressing. When you're the better football team, you want the other team pressing. You want them trying to make plays that they can't make. State should be able to force Memphis into doing that. Number three. I need I need this guy if you're watching on Super Talk TV. I need this guy to show up. I need Massimo Biscardi to do what he was brought to Mississippi State to do, and that's make kicks. And we've said it a few times. I know we talked about it, I think, on Monday's Thunder and Lightning podcast. I'm not saying that this guy has to go out there from 58 yards and split the uprights. I don't I don't need that. It it would be lovely. It would be a great boost for Mississippi State to happen. What I need is that when the, the drive stalls out at the 23 and I need to kick a 39-yard field goal, a 40-yard field goal, that I can put Massimo Biscardi out there on the field and I know I'm getting three points. If I can get that from Massimo Biscardi, I'm going to be just fine. So when the drive stalls, I want to be able to put my kicker on the field and I don't even want to have to watch. I just want to hear the sound of the crowd and the cannon and the band and I know that the field goal was good. If you can't get that, not only is it going to be a a long game, it's going to be a long year. Mississippi State as a team, I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be improved. I think they're going to be better. But they're not so much better than any team that they play that they can just say, well, we can't make field goals, but we'll be all right. Certainly not in these, these games that I think are going to be close. LSU, Arkansas, A&M, Kentucky, Ole Miss. Those are games where you better show everybody. All three phases have to show up. Biscardi has to show up in that in that phase of the game. Number four, this was an issue for State a season ago. Not just in the Memphis game, but in every game, and that's getting to the quarterback. They just didn't get the pressure that they wanted. And I cannot tell you the number of times that Zach Arnett dialed up the blitz and had the correct call, and you just the whiff. Just run right by the guy. Guy steps up in the pocket, and he just he evades the pressure. Got to get home. You've got guys who can get there. I know Tyrus Wheat is a great rusher of the passer, shall we say. Jordan Davis coming back this year, big. I know A lot of people like to point out he doesn't have a sack. I know that. I know that stat. But I saw him consistently going head-to-head last, last uh, fall with Charles Cross, 
who you know, might have been the best offensive lineman in, in the country, and winning some of those battles. I have complete faith in this guy. And then I think Nathan Pickering due for a big year. And he's going to get some early opportunities with Jaden Crumity likely being out for this week especially. State's got guys who can rush the passer. They've got athletes out there, especially against a Memphis team. That up front, Memphis, they're just not going to be as good as Alabama. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> you should be able to get pressure on the quarterback if you're Mississippi State playing Memphis. And when they do that, they, 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 when, they, when they dial up those blitzes, and it's Zach Arnett, we know he's going to dial up those blitzes. We know he's going to put his guys out there in man coverage. You're, you're okay there. Emmanuel Forbes is good. DeCamerian Richardson's going to be a good player for Mississippi State. They, they, they've, they've got good talent in the safety positions to help them out there. When you dial up those blitzes, when you send your linebackers, when your defensive linemen get through, they've got to put the quarterback must hit the ground. If I can channel my inner Al Davis there. Now, you've got to attack the quarterback, but it's not just enough to attack. You've got to get him on the ground. If State can do those four things, I would tell if you told me right now, like they did all four of those things, Brian, I'll tell you right now that State won this game by 30 plus. I will tell you that. If they do three of these things, they're still going to win. Two? Now we're getting into the iffy territory. Now I'm worried. Now I'm not sure about anything. Do those four things, four keys to victory. Easy peasy, one, two, threesy. Four in this case, actually. So, when we come back, the final two P's, the playmakers and the uh, the uh, prediction for Mississippi State, Memphis, 630, ESPNU, the TV network, and, of course, available on all your local Super Talk affiliates that cover Mississippi State sports. We'll have the prediction when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning Live. Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. Wednesday night with you here on Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. So many ways to listen to Super Talk, by the way. It's not just a radio thing anymore. Yeah, I don't know how people realize that. We got TV stations, we got Super Talk TV, we got apps, we're streaming, we're everywhere. There's nowhere you, you can't escape me, is what I'm basically saying. I, I will find you. It's prediction time. Well, first, let's talk about some players to watch, some playmakers, as we like to call them on the Thunder and Lightning podcast. We'll do three of them. We'll do offense, defense, and uh, what we call the X factor. Could be a player from any any spot on the field, uh, but somebody we think will make an impact in this game is how we're going to define that. So offensively, I almost feel, if you go back to some podcasts that we did, or that I did, 2014, 2015, I had a rule, the no Dak rule. I, I refused to pick Dak as my playmaker because... Obviously, it was going to be Dak. Right. I don't know that Will Rogers is quite there just yet, so I'm going to say Will Rogers. I'll give him two games to to to, to get it get a Will Rogers rule uh, in place. But I want to see how sharp he is week one. 
I want to see sharpness. I want to see the ability to throw the ball down the field. And when I say that, I'm not talking about vertical routes going 40, 50 yards. You know, if they're there, great. Can Will Rogers be more consistent and can he find more guys in the intermediate? The 15 to 20 yard routes, the the the, the post patterns, the deeper ins and outs, can he find those routes? If he can, it's going to be a great year for Mississippi State because that's something I felt was lacking uh, a season ago. Was that they, you know there's it was really feast or famine that he would either take a deep shot or he would just work the underneath. And look, it worked out. Working the underneath was good for them. But this year, I'd like to see just a little bit more. Move the ball down a little bit more down the field. And then, you know, how does he react with the new, you know, two new tackles? You know, you could almost put, I mean, maybe that should be the X factor when I think about it. Maybe we'll come back to that in a second. But for Rodgers, I mean, if I had to set a stat line for him, I want him completing between 70 75%. I want him over 400 yards, especially if I'm going to get to my prediction of 5,000 yards total passing for him. Um, and then I, you know, I want you know at least three touchdowns and preferably more than that. And you know, the interceptions. If, if there's one, there's one. I don't want to see more than one. But if I, if you, again, go back. If you tell me my stat line for Will Rogers is 42 of 49 for 431 yards. And three scores, state won. They won the game. That's he completed too many passes for too many yards and too many touchdowns to not have won. Is what I would tell you. You know, and you're going to say, well, those numbers sound similar to last year. The yards and the touchdowns do, but 50 of 67 is not 42 of 49. That's a huge difference for Mississippi State. Also, 49 means you probably ran the ball 20 times, which I think would be a great thing for the Bulldogs this year. So offensively, we'll go with Rodgers. Defensively, Memphis likes to run the ball a little bit, so maybe a linebacker's the way to go. And then I talked about wanting to rush the passer. Well, who's the best guy at that? It's probably Tyrus Wheat. I, I, Tyrus Wheat's one of the more underrated players in the conference, although I will tell you, you know, he got third-team uh, recognition from the coaches on the All-SEC team. I was incredibly surprised by that. That's a guy who doesn't get a lot of run, doesn't get a lot of buzz as one of the better players. You know, He's a guy that – great athlete. I don't think people realize – He's 250, 260 pounds now. He was a safety in junior college. He's put on a lot of bulk. He's cultivated mass and has uh, has has turned has sort of transformed his body, but has kept that athleticism. He's a guy who can get after the quarterback. He can play out in coverage. You know, he had a couple of picks last year, but he's also a guy I think State would feel comfortable with him putting his hand in the ground and coming off the edge. And I think he and, and Jordan Davis are going to be a good duo at that. Um, so Tyrus Wheat is probably the guy to watch defensively, for me anyway. Then the X Factor, I, I kind of hit on it there. I thought about going Biscardi here, but it's got to be the man they call Dollar Bill. It's got to be Quatravius Johnson. Dollar Bill. I always point that out. It's not Dollar. Dollar Bill. Quatravius Johnson, the new left tackle. He has the biggest shoes to fill, which is probably ironic because I think he has the biggest shoes on the team. Probably like a 17 double E if I had to guess, as big as that kid is. But he's got he's to protect the blind side. For, for Will Rogers. And when you're doing that 50 times a game, I mean, that that's a lot of work. He's got to deliver. He doesn't have to be Charles Cross. Doesn't have to be the first, you know, first team All-American. Doesn't have to be a top 10 NFL draft pick. But he's got to be good. He's got to be good. And if he's not, it's going to be a long day and a long season for Mississippi State. If he is, everything should go according to plan. We'll see what that plan is at 6.30 Saturday night. Davis Wade Stadium uh, should be 
Should be something to see. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to get this season started. Also, don't forget, I don't know if I can plug this or not. I'm going to do it this week, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I'll be on WKBB-FM three hours before kickoff for the uh, Mississippi Peanut Supply tailgate show. Check that out. Thunder and Lightning podcast still coming your way. Sports Talk Mississippi. You just can't get rid of me. I'm like a bad penny. I always turn up. For Rhino over there in Studio X, where I am as well. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.